The following is a reflection on the readings for Friday of the 24th week of Ordinary Time. The Gospel is Luke chapter 8, verses 1 to 3. Today's short Gospel speaks about the holy women who made an important contribution to Jesus' ministry. We know that these women worked behind the scenes, were faithful, and in some ways more reliable than the twelve apostles. In Luke chapter 23, verse 49, and 50 to 58, Luke chapter 24, verses 1 to 11, and Acts chapter 1, verse 14, they were present at the foot of the cross. They heard the last words of Jesus. They already were planning for his burial. They were faithful in telling the disciples of Jesus' resurrection and devoted themselves to prayer in the upper room until Pentecost. We know that Jesus rewarded Mary Magdalene for her faithful service because he first appeared to her following his resurrection and then to the apostles. The example of these holy women should be an inspiration for us as to how to serve the Lord without condition, without the need to be recognized, and without expecting any reward. But of course, we know that serving the Lord has its own benefits. A frequently quoted statement from the Vatican II document, Gaudium et Spes, paragraph 24, states, quote, Man who is the only creature on earth that God willed for himself cannot fully find himself except through a sincere gift of himself, end of quote. It is really only in love, in giving ourselves away, that we realize our true dignity as children of God. In so giving ourselves away, we imitate Jesus, who gave his life on the cross, and we receive God's peace. Even though we are most often called to serve God quietly and behind the scenes, like these women in today's gospel, may God give us the wisdom to understand that to serve is to reign that it is in giving ourselves away that we inherit eternal life. The resurrection of Christ from the dead is the center of the Christian faith. As St. Paul says, If Christ is not raised, our faith is in vain, and we are to be pitied more than everyone. How do we know Jesus has been raised? There is no evidence that anyone actually witnessed the resurrection as it happened, but we have much secondary evidence that from a legal standpoint is most compelling. First, the empty tomb discovered by Mary Magdalene and the other women, and witnessed also by Peter and John. This is not something that can be explained away easily. To suggest the disciples stole the body does not make sense because they later died for their faith, and no one deliberately gives their life for a lie. The Jews certainly would not have stolen the body because the empty tomb would support the view that the Jesus whom they just crucified was indeed the Son of God. So the empty tomb is compelling evidence. Second, we have the many post-resurrection appearances of Jesus that are well attested to. St. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 6 to 8 states that Jesus appeared to Peter and then to the apostles, and after that to more than five hundred of the brethren at the same time, and finally to Paul himself. That statement, many scholars believe, was taken from an early creed dated within two to eight years after the resurrection. Therefore the evidence is very early.
making it all the more compelling. From the Gospels, we know that Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene disguised as a gardener, to the disciples on the road to Emmaus, to Thomas and the other apostles in the upper room. The book of Acts also confirms many post-resurrection appearances. St. Peter, for example, adamantly states, quote, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses to the fact. End of quote, Acts chapter 2, verse 32. The earliest Christians did not just endorse Jesus' teachings. They were convinced they had seen him alive after the resurrection. That is what changed their lives and started the church. Some historians suggest that there is not a more thoroughly attested event in ancient history. What about the argument of hallucination, that the disciples genuinely believed they saw Jesus risen, but were mistaken? Being carried away by their zeal, they saw what they wanted to see. Hallucinations are subjective in nature, and are individual. Only one person can see a hallucination at a time. But there are repeated accounts of Jesus appearing to multiple people who report the same thing. Besides, after the crucifixion, the disciples were doubtful in their despair, whereas people who hallucinate need a fertile mind of expectation and anticipation. The apostles, like Peter, were hardened practical men with their feet on the ground, not good candidates for hallucinations. Moreover, they not only saw Jesus, they touched him and ate breakfast with him. Hallucinations do not do that. So Christ rose from the dead. What does this mean for us? Because he rose, we know that Jesus is truly God. We have certainty that our sins are forgiven. Because he defeated death, we know we will also be raised. Because he rose, we know that even in our darkest moments of despair, there is hope, and in today's difficult situation of stress, anxiety, and uncertainty, this is a most valuable truth. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, whom, taught by the Holy Spirit, we dare to call our Father, bring, we pray, to perfection in our hearts the spirit of adoption as your sons and daughters, that we may merit to enter into the inheritance which you have promised. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, for ever and ever. Amen.